Poso maoni work, wai wanen kitanen ni mo e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and he sikimaka e yoso matnamene hokihi. Welcome to the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Wapus. Uh, on this episode, I'm joined by Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. Welcome, Vaughn. Hello, Sheena. Can you talk a little bit about the uh, vaccine mandate that Biden announced and specifically how it may affect the tribe? I would love to. Unfortunately, because it was a presidential mandate rather than a, a law that was you know debated and written and, and passed through congress um i don't know what the effects are going to be right now and, and a lot of people don't um some people worry that you know the mandate may go against you know presidential powers and authorities um and so this this might be something that just gets caught up in um you know a long litany of litigation for you know, an extended period of time. So right now it's not affecting the tribe. Um, I know incident command has discussed it. And until we know more, until, you know, we do know whether or not it is going into practice, um, we're just gonna continue vaccinating as we have been um, and taking precautions where we, where we need to. All right, so um, how are our case numbers for COVID uh, this week, and are they continuing to rise? So over the last seven days, we've had 26 new cases. Um, some have been uh, at Menominee Tribal Clinic. Some have been tribal members at other sites. Uh, about 7% of our COVID tests are positive now, which is up just slightly. Um, however, we've we've done more testing this last week. We ran 373 tests, which is up over the 200 we did last week. Um, we've had three new breakthrough cases in the last seven days. So we've had a total of 20 breakthrough cases uh, since July, just as an FYI to people. Um, right now we have 14 active cases. One person's been hospitalized. Fortunately, we haven't had any deaths um, since the third. So that's currently where we are as far as population-wise with uh, the number of new cases. Um, the Department of Health Services has us at about um, 320 cases per 100,000, which sounds like a crazy amount, unless you compare it to Shano, which is at 526 cases per 100,000. So we're actually doing fairly okay. Again, it's an effect of having a small population size. Okay, so um, I know that we are seeing more and more cases just in the state. So is that creating a shortage with the hospitals? Sort of. We're kind of, if you look at it, you know the trends since last year about this time, we're, we're actually at about the same hospital capacity we were last September. Um, right now, the hospitals are using about 90% of their beds. Um, locally, ICU beds, about 93% are in use. Um, whether or not that's something to get, you know, too worked up over, you know, hospitals typically run at about 
80 to 85% capacity. So, you know, there, there are, you know, fewer beds, but um, it's not at an alarming rate yet. So there's still a little bit of room. We just suggest you don't get COVID and don't send yourself to the hospital so you don't have to worry about it. Okay, and uh, I I don't know how to pronounce this, so you'll have to correct me. Um, Dr. Slago mentioned Regencov. Uh, what is that, and how does it work? Uh, I'd, I'd love to help pronounce that correction, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a set of monoclonal antibodies. There are two of them that have even more difficult names to pronounce. Um, I was just looking at them, and I was trying to sound them out earlier, and I was just like, I will just butcher that when we record. I'm just going to say there are two sets of monoclonal antibodies. Um, they're given to you at the same time uh, as, as a mixture. Uh, essentially, what a monoclonal antibody is, it's a laboratory-made protein that mimics what your immune system naturally does to fight off um, harmful pathogens, viruses, bacteria, things like that. Um, and in this case, this set of proteins are meant to fight off COVID. Um, so they're given as a treatment. You can't take it beforehand to keep yourself healthy. So, um, you know, don't think that, you know, monoclonal antibodies are, you know, a replacement for vaccines. Um, and usually they're given um, through an IV or intravenously. Uh, they're for anyone ages 12 and older uh, that have to weigh more than 40 kilograms. And I'm sorry, don't remember what the conversion is for that right off the top of my head. I think it's like 2.1 pounds or something. Anyway, if you're an adult, you're probably about the right size. Um, they found that this particular um, cocktail, I'm just going to call it that for lack of a better term, uh, has about an 81% um, success rate in reducing some of the harmful symptoms of COVID. Um, and, you know, if anyone has any questions, we can definitely put up some of the, uh, you know, postings and papers. Uh, from the FDA about it and stuff in our show notes. But that's that's kind of what they are, kind of what they do. And we have this available for our, our tribal members, right? We do. We currently are carrying a clinic uh, to help, you know, treat our patients. We're kind of hoping we can prevent hospitalization if, if people do have um, a case that is a little more on the severe side. We'd like to keep them out of the hospital as long as possible by getting them, you know, this kind of treatment. So one... Um... I don't know, what would you call it, a rumor? I don't know. <laughs> Something that I've seen come up quite a bit on um, social, media, social media is um, talking about the COVID vaccine affecting menstrual cycles. Is there any truth behind that? From what the reports I've read out of you know the CDC and various universities, I haven't seen any data that indicates that it affects the menstrual cycle yet. Um, we don't obviously have long-term studies, you know, five, 10 years down the road to see if, you know, this will affect it. Um, but currently with what we do have, uh, it doesn't appear to affect it. So I think that's just another thing circulating through the rumor mill, fortunately. Okay. And then I know we talked about the Mu variant last week, I think it was. I don't know. Um, I think so. I don't, yeah. <laughs> um, so do you have any more information about that right now? Uh, a little bit. There's not a lot out there right now. Um, you know, for those that didn't catch the last episode where we talked about this, the Mu variant, um, it's a new variant of COVID that the World Health, Organiza World Health Organization um, identified as a variant of interest. Um, it makes up a little less than 0.1% 
of the COVID cases right now worldwide. So it's, it's not very prevalent at all. Um, however, the prevalence of it has increased in Colombia and Ecuador, where it makes about 39% uh, of the cases in Colombia, and then Ecuador it makes up about 13% of the cases. But they don't have a lot of sequencing available, so they're not sure. They think those numbers might be a little depressed. Um, the World Health, World Health, I'm just going to call them the WHO. The WHO describes it as having uh, what they call a constellation of mutations. Um, which, you know, it's just what it sounds like. There are a lot of mutations on the spike protein. Uh, they're worried this makes this a little more resistant to um, vaccine immunity. And so that's why they're, they're trying to watch this. They're also um, stressing that until they uh, have more research done, they can't confirm or deny that. But they're looking into that right now and, and running tests on it. So that's currently what we know about mu. It's almost non-existent here in the U.S. right now. I believe 99.4% of the cases that we have here in the U.S. are all Delta variant. So, um, you know, it's it's not on the radar right now. So hopefully we'll be able to increase our vaccination and, um, you know, our natural immunity and not have to worry about mu too much down the road. So, um, you know, we talked about, or you talked about the vaccine possibly not being effective for that so the like mechanism that they developed for the current vaccine that we have would that be something that they could develop to stop this variant theoretically yeah because because of how they developed um the the pfizer and moderna vaccines um they basically just need the the mrna sequence and they could kind of repurpose the um the mrna I guess you could call it a payload for the for the vaccine, um, and you could make it more specific to Delta and and Mu. And I say this like it's easy, but um, it's a little more complicated than that. But that's that's essentially what they could do. Um, it might take a, lo a little bit longer form to work up a vaccine that specifically targets like Delta and Mu, um, but they definitely have the groundwork laid for it at this point. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to add? Stay healthy, everyone. Cold and flu season is coming up. Um, I know one of the things that we've talked about is uh, getting a flu shot so you don't have to worry about fighting off the flu and COVID at the same time. So that's always recommended. Um, other than that, get lots of rest, drink plenty of fluids, wash your hands, and stay healthy. Thank you, Vaughn. You bet. Wyoming for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to podcasts on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab and keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. I do weekly updates with Vaughn, and if you have any questions regarding COVID-19, please send those to me via email at podcast.mitw.org.